uh, here we are again for another podcast on the on the scriptures that we've been going through. We're in week three of Go, and I'm here with Josh and Mara. And so uh, we're just kind of going to move through the scripture, maybe have some some more uh, difficult conversations than typical, uh, because sometimes sometimes the words really easy to understand, uh, but most of the time it's not. <laughs> most of the time there's a struggle in, in, in getting through God's word, and that's why it's important to gather with others. So Josh, why don't you give us a little bit of background on the passage? Yeah, so we've, uh, we've been going through this series called Go, <clears throat> and we've basically been looking at this idea that, that Christ has, has commissioned and called us to go, and uh, so we started that off uh, by, by looking at the Great Commission and this, this command to, to go, and, uh, and then we um, we, we talked last week about Pentecost, uh, the, the empowering of the Holy Spirit to, uh, to allow us to, to do that work, to do, to do Christ's mission, to, to be our helper, uh, and to guide us. And so now we're, we're, we're jumping uh, kind of to a, a, another section of Scripture, uh, one of Paul's letters to the Church of Ephesus, uh, one of the churches in Asia Minor. And so, uh, uh, like, like all of Paul's letters, this is a letter to a church that he was instrumental in, in, in starting uh, and then kind of moving on, but still staying in contact with them and uh, writing letters to kind of encourage them to maybe correct some things where they were missing missing the mark, uh, but just to be in contact and continue that work of, of discipling and pastoring and leader, leader leadering, not leadering, uh, but leading. <laughs> and, uh, and so this is where we find this. This is the, the kind of the very end of this, uh, of this, this letter, the final exhortations. And, uh, and so that's where we find ourselves right now. Mara, go ahead and read Ephesians. I think we're six, 10 through yep. 18. Is that right? Yep. Six, 10 through 18. All right. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the power of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. It's good. Uh, we, we, um, this week we did things a little bit differently. Typically we've kind of, we've not scripted, but we've kind of went through a series of questions and one of us has kind of taken the lead. And this, this week we did a little bit different in that we, um, we, we each kind of put our observations out there. And, you know, and as we're talking about uh, this as an example for, for our people uh, of gathering around scripture, you know, there's all sorts of ways you can examine scripture today uh, the, together. And I, I think this is another example of it, that we can, we can sit down and write out what we're seeing and then sit down and, and talk about it together. Um, and, and so, you know, I, I hope that you're taking our lead and that you're not just watching us. Uh, but you're sitting down with family members, with friends, maybe over the phone and talking about scripture. But in, in the observations, it seemed like the focus of, of our concern to a good part uh, was verse 12. And uh, for our struggles, not against flesh and blood, 
but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. And so um, what were some of you guys' thoughts on that passage or that scripture, that verse? Um, so just, I think, uh, <clears throat> kind of more backdrop, um, what I, what I kind of thought through was just given the, the context, maybe the cultural context of that, that the church in Ephesus, uh, was hearing this and, uh, and, um, the, the, this idea that, that this group of people were, were in the minority in that, um, <clears throat> in that they were in following Christ, they were kind of in direct opposition of their um, uh, kind of their governing uh, body and, and it put them in direct opposition. And so I think it's important to kind of hear this, uh, this imagery and this idea of battle and, uh, and being ready and armor and things like that. I think it's important to kind of, to kind of recognize that there is that uh, maybe that different um, dynamic that they are hearing this as a minority people rather than someone who is the dominant kind of culture or idea or belief or even the governing body and so um, I don't know I, I don't know I don't know what role that plays if it plays any role in the way that we understand this um, but but it was something that, that kind of struck me <clears throat> as I was reading that. Doesn't that lend to um, an us versus them attitude if, if the focus is that? Yeah, um, and I think that, I guess by the focus, I, I don't necessarily want the focus to be that. Um, I think that just having that in our minds, that as the church in Ephesus was reading this letter, that was the cultural context. That was the specific context for them. And so did that affect the way that they heard it um, and understood it and applied it? Just like when Jesus was teaching in parables, um, <clears throat> the focus wasn't necessarily like the, the main idea wasn't a farmer or a field. Um, but that was something that in that context, in that, in that culture, uh, the, those who heard that, that parable, that would have shaped the way that they understood what Jesus was saying. And so I think that maybe there's just, um, some, some there. So I, I do think, yes, if we're focusing on that, um, minor, who's minority, who's majority, um, yeah, it could probably become an us versus them. I also think it's important that to to recognize that we as white American Christians um, have a long history of being the majority. Um, and so just, I, I don't know, I guess just recognizing and admitting that there's a difference between me right here reading this passage and the church in Ephesus reading that letter. Does that make any sense whatsoever? <laughs> no, it makes sense. I, I don't know if I completely agree. I, I don't, Mara, what do you think? I mean, I, give me your thoughts. I, I, let, me, let me just dive in here with, with what I'm seeing here. I, I think Paul's saying this isn't about people. This is about you, uh, that, that this is an internal struggle. And, and so I, I think with, with the pe people in Ephesus, uh, it would very easily be, well, our struggle is with Rome and our struggle is with these powers. And I think what Paul's saying is, no, this isn't a flesh and blood struggle. This is a spiritual battle. And I believe this spiritual battle is within more than without. Um, at least that's, that's kind of how I see this scripture. Um, and, and that, to me, that helps keep it from a us versus them. <laughs> it's more, how do I live in this world uh, in a way that's consistent with Jesus? 
Yeah. I was just kind of thinking, and again, I know that, yeah, again, being white, being American, I don't, I don't have maybe a good grasp of what like a, a mentality would be like to, to feel like a minority or to hear this um, being in the minority. But um, one thing that came to mind for me was just that usually when you're talking about minority and majority, you're talking about an imbalance in power. Someone's got the power, someone's got the authority, and the other group does not. And so I kind of wonder, um, yeah, what it would have been like for them to hear this, maybe feeling like a little powerless, a little um, recognizing that, but then for him to say like, be strong in like the Lord's power. Like, honestly, he's saying like the, the playing field is completely level when we are, we're at the cross, when we're um, talking about God's power. And it's not about who has political power. It's not about who has this influence, but that we have that power ourselves. And, um, and so I don't know, I don't know what that would have been like for them to, to hear that again, that it's not about Rome. It's not about that problem that you see here, but it's about this, um, this spiritual power, this spiritual transformation that needs to take place. Yeah, it's good. good. I like that. Uh, cause, cause I think that is, I mean, that would come off as an encouragement to them, right? right? Because they're feeling maybe this kind of thumb in their back of the, of the Roman government and just feeling like they can't do what they need to do um, would, would kind of play into this in, in the way they heard that as an encouragement. And so I guess, I guess why I think this matters, and I don't know, obviously not everybody's going to agree with me, um, but I just feel like again, as a white American male Christian, lots of identifiers there that are real. Um, I don't know what it's like to have this, that thumb in my back saying that the way that you're living and doing things is not okay. Um, just because of dynamics of, of where we live and, and culture and dominant culture, uh, I just don't know what that's like to feel like I need that encouragement uh, to, does that make sense? Again, I I hear what you're saying. And I think that, um, when you talk about maybe that cultural Christianity, like that brand, like, I don't know, for me, I feel like that's totally different in a lot of ways than like an authentic faith that's lived out. And I do think that sometimes an authentic faith and the convictions and the, the practices and the, um, the realistic, like living of that does at times actually come at odds with this brand of, of cultural Christianity or this idea. Um, I don't know. Am I crazy to say that? Cause I feel like there have been times and again, very minor, I'm not saying I've been persecuted, but there have been times when it's like, you do, you feel that uncomfortable, like, well, this is really what living my faith looks like to me, but it is maybe a little more intense than that undertow of, of what evangelical Christianity in America looks like what our culture looks, I mean, and, and yeah, I would agree that culturally we tend to, to be in, in the majority. <laughs> we are, uh, we, you know, we're white suburbans living, living in Marysville, Ohio. I think it's like the definition in Webster's of, of, uh, of but, but the truth is, is that, is that culture uh, as oppressive as Rome? Um, what, what is the pressure of that culture the same? That the thumb in our back is still the thumb in our back and the thumb in our back is, is maybe not, well, maybe it is to bow down to Caesar. Uh, you know, let, let, let's face it, that the pressure to have and do and go and have a certain appearance, um, you know, it, let, let, let's face it, that, that oftentimes in our churches, we, we face the same challenges uh, to, to bow down to something that's lesser than what Jesus is calling us to. And so, you know, th- this, this is why I think this scripture, verse 12, that, you know, this struggle is not against, it's not a cultural war, <laughs> uh, but, but it's, 
the cultural pressure is a war on us to be something that Jesus does not intend us to be, but to be the true church. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying, Josh, that the ideal of minority plays a part here. Um, but I still think the focus is what am I going to do in, in the face of pressure um, to, to live something lesser. Um, does that make sense? Absolutely. Abs yeah, absolutely. Um, for sure. I just, I think it's as being, being good stewards of scripture, uh, I think it's important to, uh, to understand that context as well as our, our context and, and see. Yeah. We have to, yeah. Thank you. And we have to understand, you, you know, so it's, it's easy to say um, the church is now the minority because we don't have those places of power. <laughs> Uh, but this isn't about places of power. This is about something more than, okay, unless I have uh, the presidential candidate, the, the, the Congress, the Supreme Court I want, then, then I am in a position of minority. <laughs> it's deeper than that. Yeah, I think that we, <laughs> we do that <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, 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 we do. Oh, absolutely. We fall into that. And, and again, that, that is that us versus them, and we need to be in the, the position of, of majority and yeah. empowered um and it's which is just it's totally not it's not what we're called to to do or be yeah right. and i think it also takes away some of our personal efficacy if we're looking for someone to legislate um morality or legislate like, do the things that we think need to happen like i feel like sometimes that takes the pressure off of me to do the right thing. I expect, well, I want them to make it a law that you have to do what I think is the right thing. So that way we can all just do the right thing. Um, where I feel like then that takes off my, yeah, my personal uh, responsibility to that. I'm going to do the right thing, regardless of whether it's the law, regardless of whether it's what everyone else is doing. And that, and it goes back that there's a, there's a higher power at work here than our culture and our government. There, there's a higher call for us, and there's a higher battle than those things that 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 we need to. And 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 I do believe that most of the time we worry about. I think we see this scripture, and I'm pointing to it. It's on my screen over here. <laughs> we see this scripture as okay. I'm I'm the, I'm battling these evil things going on in someone else's life. It's always about somebody else. And then I'm reminded of Jesus saying, you know, you know, don't worry about the speck in your brother's eye. Take that plank out of your own eye first. And, and so this battle begins within ourselves. And, uh, you know, this, you know, James talks about, you know, why, why do we do these things? It's because of these things within us. And so, you know, I, I, I think that when we make this, when people don't live and think like I think, then there's the battle. <laughs> then it becomes me versus them. So, yeah. oh, sorry, Mara, were you going to say something? No, go ahead. So what's the, like, what's the practical side of this? Because the truth is, is that we live in systems of people and power dynamics and things like that. So even as this is a, uh, a spiritual battle and, and something that's a higher power, the truth is, is that plays out in real life, in systems and structures. And so I, this is, I guess this is my, my struggle is how do we, because I can't just sit, if I see an injustice, for instance, uh, a systemic injustice, 
it's not enough for me to just sit back and pray because yeah. this is a spiritual thing. So how, what's that balance or what, maybe what, what does that practically look like given the fact that we live with, <laughs> we live in a world of people um, and, and powers. And so I don't know, maybe, maybe you're all thoughts on that. Well, and honestly, we see those injustices or we see those things often played out at the hands of people. So that, that's me too. It's like, how do you stand against an idea? How do you stand against something that's evil without standing against a person without taking apart that person and saying, well, because they've done this evil thing, they are no longer made in the image of God. They are no longer a potentially redeemed like person because they believe this. Like, how do we say, I disagree with you, but I love you anyway. I disagree with that, but I'm not going to let that change how I treat you. I'm going to treat you like anything less than what you are. Yeah. Cause the passage could cause you to demonize people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it very easily could do that uh, if, if, if that becomes the focus. Yeah. Or at the very least dehumanize. So yeah. like th this is now a spiritual issue. And so I am looking past the fact that the person who holds this spiritual idea, whatever, I'm looking past the fact that they are still a person. Um, and when we do that, again, we, we dehumanize and it makes it really easy to, to dehumanize and to, um, to, to not see their value, their intrinsic value as a beloved child of God. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think you go back to this, you, 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 I've used this phrase and I, and I struggle with, I, I know there's reaction to the phrase, um, hate the sin, love the sinner, um, you know, or, you know, love the person, hate the sin. And that's, you know, I know people push back against that and I, and maybe rightfully so. Um, you know, be, because we connect the act with the person so closely that how, how do we do that? And, and what are we saying about the person? So I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if there's an easy answer for this. Um, I, I, do, I do believe, though, that it begins with us, that, that these weapons that, that we pick up, and it's weapons, uh, you know, I think you have to, to look at it in terms of the descriptors, you know, belt of truth and breastplate of righteousness and shoes of the gospel of peace, <laughs> you know, there, so, so there's descriptors that kind of give some, um, some understanding of what um, Paul's saying here. But I, I think there's this personal thing when we see systemic injustice, now we don't pray, we do things about it. You know, it's, it's, it, you know, you don't, you don't, you know, you don't buy goods from a place that's using oppressive uh, measures, uh, but, but our culture, <laughs> once again, you know, let, let, let's talk about the culture. So you see something that's unjust uh, and, and you want to react against it. Well, it costs more to buy something somewhere else or to do it. And, and so we tend to allow the culture and things to, to force us to do things uh, that perhaps we wouldn't do otherwise. Yeah. I think that maybe that tension even plays out in this, this entire passage, um, just in the, uh, the irony of things. And I think this irony lines up with all of Christ's life and teachings and, uh, just this, this idea of battle, uh, and, <clears throat> um, armor and getting ready for battle and fighting and war, but the, the weapons or the, the gear is, you know, the breastplate of righteousness or shoes of peace. And so like just intrinsic in this passage is this, this crazy uh, dichotomy of, of battle with the shoes of peace <laughs> or the breastplate of righteousness. Like it doesn't. And, and again, I think that that 
shows up everywhere. I mean, just in, in Revelation, the idea of the lion and the lamb is, is just like this, the lion, like the battle, the, the fighting, the warrior is the lamb. <laughs> it's not this, it's just this, like, it's so prevalent throughout scripture, this idea of uh, what you expect in this warrior and battle and fighting is not actually that. Uh, and it just shows up so much in this passage. Good. That's what I'm like. Can you imagine like a society where we, we fought for truth, where we didn't stand for half truths and lies and things done in the dark. And like, if we, if we fought with, with honesty, if we fought with righteousness and doing the right thing and like fought for peace, like those types of things. And I don't mean like physically fighting for it, but like, that's what we stand for. And we, um, I mean, just imagine how different that would be. You wouldn't have to watch the news and wonder how much of what they're telling you is, is true and how much of it is a narrative. You wouldn't like, I don't know, maybe I'm, 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 I'm talking about heaven here, but it would be nice to know, to know the truth and to know and to see righteousness and to see justice happening in our world. Well, that's, and that's, I'm thinking of the, um, the Yoder quote, and I, I'm not going to be able, the people of God are called here to be what the people of God are called to be in eternity. Right. <laughs> that, that there's this ideal that, and, and that's, that, that's why even, even when you're getting into this scripture, you know, we make this a, a singular, singular thing, an individual thing, uh, but, but, I, but he's talking to a church. And so these are things that where there's more, there's more power, <laughs> there's more um, ability uh, you know, there's more, um, we, we can get more done together than we can apart. That, that when we start you know, making our, each other aware of ways that we can be involved, um, that, then it, it makes a bigger difference. Um, what else you guys see? I mean, I don't know in this, I guess, um, I kind of, I see, I see this like call, this, this call to boldness, this call to courage, this call. I mean, like that we, we are supposed to be like, just kind of marching on. I mean, you talked on Sunday about like the gates of hell, like can't prevail against the church. Like he is like, and so in some way we, we do have this power. And I guess I'm, I'm kind of sitting here looking back at the history of the church and I'm, I'm like, I'm not sure how many times I've really seen us like living or leading in like the right kind of strength like i mean i think of the crusades the inquisitions the witch hunts all of those times when like the church showed up like a mighty force a mighty presence but it was like the wrong kind of strength the wrong kind of courage the wrong kind of boldness right, right. right. yeah it, it was a striving after power as opposed to submission and uh, and and to the cause of christ so, yeah that's that's just where that's where um i think maybe Maybe where I'm thinking through just the, the majority minority power structures is is when we when Christianity was combined with power, starting with Constantine, did that put us on a trajectory where we would see passages like this? And I, I mean, me collectively as the church in general, like did, did does this contribute to us when we have experienced that? combining our Christianity with power, now all of a sudden seeing these as, in, I don't know, a reason or encouragement to do like Mara, Mar, like you said, with, with uh, the Crusades and Inquisition and, and things like that. Uh, I don't know, maybe that's totally off base, but. No, I, I think there's, there's truth to that. And I, th I think that's, I don't know, 
I think that's almost a natural tendency. I mean, I, I think there is a, I think deep within us, we all want to be within the majority, not the minority. No, no, nobody strives to be the, right. the oddball or the one that's depressed. <laughs> I mean, you know, nobody strives for that. Some teenagers might. Yeah. Uh, but, but they're still part of a group. That's the group they belong to. And uh, so most of us, I, I think there's a natural, and, and, and I think that oftentimes, even when, uh, you know, pe people don't do these things thinking they're doing bad things or wanting to do bad things. Absolutely. Oftentimes they do it with the best intentions. Um, and, and sometimes the best intentions, where they say that the road to, to hell is paved with good intentions. And, and I think there's some truth to that, that, that oftentimes, what we hope is for the best ends up being for the worst. And, uh, and, and yeah, I, I don't know if that's helpful, but I think that's true. I don't think it's a, a oh, I just, I really want to oppress people this week. And so <laughs> right. If I could just, if I could just get the right power. Um, yeah. So I, yeah. Does that, so have they, like, has that, has that played out the idea of the, it is a spiritual warfare. So I'm not looking to oppress people. I'm looking to defeat the spiritual enemy. And in doing that, we've we've also <laughs> we've also made people the enemy. I don't know. I, this is such a. I guess here's a, a question for you: head. Do we more often see spiritual enemies in other people or in ourselves? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Because I yeah. feel like it's a lot easier to attack an idea that somebody else has, and honestly, it might even be the same one that you do. But man, it's a lot easier to attack it in them because you yeah. hate that in yourself. And um, a lot funner too. A lot funner, yeah. a lot more public. Yeah. Facebook, it's, it's great. Yeah, a lot more likes and comments. Yeah. 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 I, I think you know it's it's a it's a hard conversation because I think you can't take this this scripture and and apply it like any scripture. <laughs> any scripture has the possibility of taking it and applying it for our own needs and wants and desires. Uh, and, and I, I do believe this was, this is one that particularly that, that, you know, we become the Lord's army and it's all about what we want. And it's about our culture, particularly when it's cultural, um, you know, there, there's the cause of Christ and there's a, there's a cultural call as well. And oftentimes we mistake what is our culture with what Christianity is. And, uh, and so when we, we try to enforce our culture on other people uh, and it, they, they have to look and act, look and act like us, then, then we can take the scripture inappropriately. Yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, this is this is a this is an interesting one. And uh, you know, I, I I'm drawn to verse 18 and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. This in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so there's there's this there's ideal of um, that prayer is is a significant part of <laughs> this language again. The battle, uh, the, the the conflict. This, um, what, what word do we use that's better than the the, the battle here? I don't, I don't think there is one. <laughs> just, <laughs> just have to acknowledge the, the struggle. Uh, prayer is a significant part of the struggle, and um, and you know what what's that mean to you? That to pray on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. I like that. It's, I mean, it says like pray in the spirit. And so when I mean, we've talked about the Holy spirit and how that is something that lives in each of us. And so if we are each praying in the spirit, if we are praying that our wills, our intentions, our motives will align with his, then if we all have the Holy spirit and we are all praying for those, like that in itself, 
I feel like will draw us to unity, will draw us to a, um, a better discernment of, of what we should be doing individually and collectively. And um, I don't know, I love that idea of the Holy Spirit really drawing us together and, and making us more effective in, um, yeah, discerning good and, and evil and discerning our, our, play, our part to play in, in battling injustice. And it's good, yeah. Yeah, I, th I think the, just praying the spirit, just uh, it, praying the spirit. We talked, I think we talked about last week how Jesus was who he was because he was living in the spirit. Uh, he had the power of the Holy Spirit living in him. And so I think back to Jesus's prayer in the Garden of Gethsemane uh, and him praying in the spirit was very much, this is not what I want, but not my will, your will. And so I think in all of this, if that is our prayer, um, in every scenario, in every situation, uh, every battle, <laughs> whatever struggle, um, not my will, but your will. your will. Then it takes us away from my desires to be in power or to be in the majority or whatever it is, um, to be right, to be culturally whatever. Um, if, if my prayer going into that is, this isn't my will, this is God's will, uh, then that totally changes the way that we approach this. Yeah. We approach every struggle. And, you know, we, yeah. all, we all want to be right. You know, I, I, I think that <laughs> Jonah and, um, you know, the, the story of Jonah is that most biblical uh, scholars believe that Jonah is the one that prophesied that Nineveh would be destroyed. And and so as a judgment of God, and then God calls him to go to Nineveh and preach revival. And uh, and so if Jonah goes and preaches revival to Nineveh, then Nineveh repents, and they're not destroyed, and it makes his prophetic utterance uh, wrong, and it makes him not a prophet. And so in a lot of ways, Jonah runs not from Nineveh but he runs from being proven wrong. <laughs> and, and I think we're a lot like that. Man, we, we want to be right about stuff. We want to be seen as right. And, uh, and in a lot of ways, this is an invitation to not worry about being right, but worry about being right with him and, mm -hmm. uh, and right in his eyes. What's you guys' observations? Any, anything, we're, we're coming near to the time we need to start thinking about concluding. Anything else you want to um, pull out of this before we start getting about particular applications? Mara, anything for kids or families? Right. Um, I mean, as I'm sitting here looking at this, I think that, um, I mean, I feel like we've, we've in some ways done a disservice when we boil this down to a children's church lesson with the cute picture of the guy in the armor. And we think about all of this when I feel like as I'm reading through this and um, I, I truly feel like this month, it's like I've read it for the first time again. Like, this is this is a lifestyle that we're talking about putting on. I mean, just like we talk about the fruits of the spirit, like when we talk about this armor, this this outfit, like this is we're putting on a lifestyle. And like so when we're looking and talking with our kids about righteousness or about truth and and actually putting those on, like it's almost like we're on an airplane, like you need to put your gas mask, your oxygen mask on first. Like, am I living a life in front of my kids that is showcasing righteousness, truth, um, a confidence in my salvation, peacemaking, not peacekeeping. Peacekeeping is sometimes not helpful. Like just saying nothing, but showing my kids how to, um, how to disagree with someone without tearing them apart, how to, 
um, I don't know how to have that confidence in their ability to, um, to explain their faith or to live it out, even if it, it goes against what somebody else thinks. So I, I feel like for me, I'm just sitting here reading this going, this is, this is a lifestyle that we are being called to put on every day. And that these really are also going to be hallmarks of what it looks like to be a Christian is that you are walking in those things. And so that's kind of what I'm taking away from this, this week. Josh, what do you think? What are you seeing? Yeah, I, I guess, yeah, for, for my teens. Um, <clears throat> and I don't know, maybe this is, <laughs> as I'm thinking through getting ready to say this, like, this is probably not even the point of this, of this passage, but like, it's just, it's <laughs> well there. Done. Well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> classic proof texting right no I don't <laughs> it's just something that we talked about that is just sticking with me is just an encouragement to remember to constantly see the value in every single person um, yeah. and we're terrible at it as adults <laughs> like I just think of this, like even this current situation, I don't know why I'm getting emotional. That's silly. <laughs> um, even in this current situation, like us as adults are terrible examples of this. Um, and so my encouragement would be that we would see every single person as a valuable person created in the image of God. And if that, if there are disagreements, there are disagreements and that's fine but that doesn't take away from the value of them as a person. And so, man, if, if the next generation can get it better than we do, <laughs> then that would be incredible. And so I guess that that's just my encouragement to, to see the value in every person. And I think that's part of the struggle. Um, I, I think you're dead on with where you're going with this, that, that our struggle, <laughs> one of the struggles is to see people as God sees people. And, 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 and we let circumstances sometimes uh, guide us and and we see people based on what we want um, and power struggles. Um, I, I keep coming back to the um, to the David and Goliath thing. I I still think that our and and I come back to this ideal that David didn't let Goliath choose the weapons and didn't let David or let Goliath set the the course of the battle. And, and I think the struggle here is to not let our world. And, and the way things are done set the way we respond. And so we, we don't respond with anger with anger or hatred with hatred. Uh, we, we don't respond with judgment with judgment, but judgment with hospitality and uh, anger and hate with love. And uh, we, we, don't, we don't respond with force, but submission. And, and, and I think it's a better weapon. Uh, you know, uh, what, what, what's um, the song we sing? Your word speaks your word speaks a better word or, or something like that. I, I think this is an invitation to allow God to speak a better word through us, uh, to, to see things in a different way. And I think it gets back to, oh, this is a lifestyle. It gets back to, hey, I see people differently because God sees people differently. Uh, and, and, and this is not, you know, then you get to verse 18. This isn't a, a one and done thing, but this is all the time you know i i need the spirit's guidance and 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 i need the spirit speaking in all these circumstances because otherwise i can't do it but uh good word um it's it's one i think we could spend a lot of time in and i'm going to be doing my bible study through it so you know i'm going to spend some time looking at what it means to have um, 
the belt of truth uh, and and all those things because I think I think those are important. Any other thoughts before we close? All right. Well, um, Mara, you want to close us out in prayer? Sure. Lord, thank you so much for um, Lord for our church for um, this way that uh, that we can get together and discuss um, your word. And Lord, I do. I pray that this is spurring other conversations. Lord, other times where uh, people are digging in, and Lord, truly seeking you, seeking you through your word, seeking you in prayer. Um, Lord, I pray that you would allow us to to really fully understand and grasp what it looks like to live our faith authentically, to put on this, this lifestyle where we see others the way that you see them, Lord, and that there is nothing that, that deters us from that view of other people. Lord, give us discernment, give us words to speak, Lord, that will glorify you and that will bring honor to your name. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, God bless, and uh, we'll, we'll see you all soon.